ready to you ready to go? Let Bronco? me get one more. All right, get a sip. Are you ready to go, Bronco? Bronco, yeah, yeah. Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. We've had some requests from listeners to revisit some of the early topics that we covered so many years ago, well over a decade. So we're going to start doing that, and we're starting with one of our first topics, truth. Sometimes it's hard. You feel like you're letting someone down or you're letting yourself down. We're here to give you tools, tricks, tips, anything we can to make those difficult conversations easier and more effective. Speaking of easier and more effective, your Agile assistant, your personal assistant, Walter, is now $5 a month to celebrate that. In the comments of our new YouTube channel, that's right, Metacast has its own channel, finally. The first person to leave a comment about what's different about this intro than all the others will get six months free of Walter. Looking forward to see who wins that. All right, on to the episode. Today's episode harkens back to the beginning of the Metacast. Ooh. Way back in 2000, what was it? When did we start? Is that what, 2010? Yeah. 11, 2010, something? yeah, way back. 10,000, 2010. Over a decade ago. Well, no, not, not just a, well over a decade Well ago. over a decade ago. Some of you may have been in grade school. I think the, I think my beard was darker at the time. I, I yeah, I think it was. I think I we think both I had, had more hair. Yeah, <laughs> I had more hair and it was darker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so some of our first episodes were around courage and truth and some of the challenges, not challenges, some of the things I've been seeing in my travels lately is an uncomfortable nature with which people tell very important truths. As Bob may have mentioned once or twice in the recent past, I'm now the product guy. So as a product guy, we often have what some executives might view as bad news. And how do I effectively share that so that it lands well? If you soften it, do they really hear it? If you drop what Bob would say, a truth bomb on, on them, then that just kind of changes everything. So this episode is really here to help everybody along their career when the time comes to tell an uncomfortable truth. We're here to help you get better at that. Now you're going to have to practice on your own, but we're going to give you some hints and tips of uh, things we've screwed up <laughs> and things we've gotten right. Well, no, no. Tips that Josh has screwed up. I said we. Uh, that didn't mean you had to screw up. Yeah, exactly. I never screw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never made a mistake. <laughs> All right. So I mean, let's let, go ahead. Let's create the classic scenario. You're on a runway for a project and it's humming along you come to the realization of oh boy that date that was set out there at some point in the past there's no way you've done your homework you've checked everything and there really is no way to get this delivered by we'll say september 1st we'll just use that as a random date that's something that needs to be communicated and it's going to be surprising. And CEO Bob might table flip if you walk in and say, hey, that thing we said we were going to do by this date, it's not happening. So let's talk through a case of how to handle a situation like that. 
All right. So Josh, Josh, you can be the CEO. Oh, what? No, I think there's like there's tips I want to give. I don't want to be the bad guy. So I, so first tip, I'm I'm trying to think of. I you said something in the intro that I wrote down and said, "Did they really hear it?" Mm-hmm. And that's been that's been zinging around my skull because one of the reasons that I'm extreme in telling the truth is I've found my history is folks don't listen. Or another way of saying it is they hear what they want to hear. Yeah. So even if I, we're late, like Josh is the CEO. Josh, we're late. We've screwed the pooch. It ain't going out, right? Josh is, Josh is thinking of his golf game and River and he's not in his head. I mean, oh, and he maybe even gets a sad look, but he's really not reading it. So it's it's like that causes me to to ramp, amp up the animation, right? Amp amp up the amplitude, and really really get his attention. I actually think a lot of people. This is leaders. Now I'm talking about my experience, Josh, mm-hmm. with leaders, with senior leaders. As I I'm thinking back, I'm like they're not listening. Or they're hear, they're hearing what they want to hear, which is it's going to go out on time. Yeah, and they don't they don't actually want to hear bad. They they almost can't hear bad news. <laughs> it's right, like, right. So that's a reason to like actually drop a truth bomb. I think is you want to drop the bomb because the bomb nothing other than the bomb is going to get folks' attention. Mm-hmm. I think there's a subtle, you know, you have to be careful with it. But what do you think? Yeah, there's a product leader that I'm working with now that she does a fantastic job and always says this I think is very good is that truth doesn't age well so it's not going it's not going to get better the longer you hold on to it and the longer you try and figure out how you're going to say something do it now arm everybody with as much information as possible to make the best decisions because things happen be it market conditions or your industry or members of your team just got sick or maybe just the team struggling, right? People have good, bad days and weeks, things like that. But the the longer you hold on to it, the worse it is. You know, it can't be that if you're talking to executives and you're sharing with your team and your company about how this product you're working on is going, it can't be it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, and then it's bad and have that it's bad be that last moment because then there's, there's no reaction time. One of the things that I encourage folks to do is to always keep that, keep, keep your gut in mind. And if you're starting to feel things go offline, go off track, start planting that seed. Start with, I'm getting worried. Here's what I'm doing to keep us on course. But there may be a time in the not too distant future, like, couple of weeks from now where I come back and say, I don't think we're going to make it, but let me work through that. I am concerned. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, I think that works very well for a couple of reasons. One, it gets them to a point where they hear it eventually. And two, the attention is grabbed, but you still have your hands on the wheel. You still are saying, hey, I've got this. But also that's when executives tend to jump in now there's time where that helps and times that it doesn't help but often at least there's a reaction there see i'm going to disagree a little bit josh i'm going to say 
I'm going to say this rolling wave information curve. Mm -hmm. It makes it makes logical sense. <laughs> it does. It makes perfect sense. But I don't think you're getting their attention. I think I I think so until it's like oh there's a possibility of a fire in the garage oh there's a gas can in the garage oh there's rags next to the gas can in the garage oh you've been smoking cigars in the garage right, <laughs> right. yeah I'm just I'm hearing blah 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 what gets my attention is the garage just blew up <laughs> Dude, the, garage, the garage is on fire so I. I, I get what you're saying, but I'm, I'm I'm sort of thinking that they're going to tune it out, right? They'll they'll hear you. You'll get nods. You'll get you'll have discussion. But do they really? Your level of your level of severity is here, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Your your level of early warning is here. I think they're hearing here. The only way that you yeah. get equivalency is when the house is on fire or close to being. I I, I wonder. So yes, do that curve. But realize that you're not getting much in the way of traction. It's the bomb that gets the traction. What do you think? Or, or tell me, disagree with me, um, babe. Babe, get on my no, get on my don't case. Babe, me. <laughs> oh, one of the things that I've found that actually enables this to work, okay, is many product product development organizations are not good at creating transparency with the work that they're doing. Yes, they'll do a sprint review, all of those things. Executives will come, they'll get excited, but that still is, we are looking at this thing up close. Not enough companies, not enough product orgs, so product leaders out there. This is me giving you a truth bomb. You are not doing a good enough job providing transparency for all of the work that your teams are doing. We ended up, as we drove towards this product-led organization that a buddy and I were able to set up, was on a very regular cadence. We presented to the executive team, here's how the product is doing. And we did it like soup to nuts. Here's how it's doing from marketing, sales, support, and then from the product development side, here's our roadmap, here's things that are going on, here's the things that we're worried about, and here's what we're doing about it. So it's always like, here's here's what we're doing about it. But we, but we became quick to highlight concerns rather than late. And that quickness enabled them to actually come to that meeting with like, okay, cool, what are the things we can help with? Rather than it's always good, you have to set that up of like, these are the risks. And when we did that, the executives were able to hear effectively what we were trying to say. But to your point, it didn't happen right away. It's like we had to train them. We had to say, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're saying. Yes, we're saying this is bad, but like, don't overreact. Here's the things that we're doing. Here's where you can help. And that was the key for us was telling them where they could help. Because if we let that room solution the potential problem it like the wheels came off and the truck crashed right so it was like here's the issues here's what we're doing if you can help here's how and getting that on a regular basis that enabled them to hear things sooner rather than later but it's my belief that executives don't hear that 
breadcrumb trail that you're laying because you're not doing a good enough job taking them along on the journey. And it's when things are bad and they're not used to hearing things that are bad, you have to do the truth bomb. I, I mean, I, I'm going to try to communicate. I think I communicated it poorly. Uh, so do the curve that we're talking about. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. The real point I'm trying to make is um, they have cotton in their ears and what they're hearing until the shit is hitting the fan. So there's the shit is heading towards the fan. Then it hits it and it explodes in your face. All right. Where execs, my, again, my experience and me and me as well. Sometimes I have to be careful about this that I don't because I'm optimistic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what gets me to understand that the, the Titanic is sinking? My butt is in the water, right? So until right. my butt is in the water, I'm like, la, 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 la. It's going to work out. Oh, Josh Anderson, he's a rock star. He's going to he's gonna pull a rabbit out of his hat. La, 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 la. And I'm seeing burn down charts. Josh is doing a real great job of transparency. Oh, look, burn down charts. They're not burning down. They're flat. La, 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 la. Josh will pull a rabbit out of his hat. And then, boom. So it's not a truth bomb. It's me listening. It's me in intensely listening. So all I'm getting at is be aware of that. And, and so then I think you have to shift your language, like maybe be a bit over dramatic, mm -hmm. maybe be a bit, maybe allow emotions to, to broach out. Uh, maybe say, you know what? I don't think my mitigation plan is going to work. Maybe show some vulnerability. We have some contingency, but they, the, the probability that the contingency work is 2%. Houston, 2%, right? Houston, are you listening? Two. That leaves 90, 98% of the time we're going to go down in the tight I know I'm joking a little bit, but I'm trying to make a serious point. I I, I think I don't think leaders are listening. Uh, or they're not they're not hearing. They're, it's not getting into their brain uh, and they, the severity of it. Uh, and so we can continue to communicate, but we have to, like, that's where the truth bomb, the early truth bomb yeah. would be more effective. So, and you're not saying this, Bob, whether they hear it or not, if they don't hear it, it's your fault. Mm. You have to find a way to communicate it. Uh, it's not that the only option is truth bombs to wake them up. If you try a truth bomb, it doesn't work. If you try and use the trail of breadcrumbs and it doesn't work, you have to do something different. It is your job to deliver on these things, but it's also your job to provide the transparency. And if you're saying the things and it's not landing, that's on you, not on them. Yeah, yes, they could do a better job of listening or paying attention or whatever right. it is, but right. it's on you to find a way to communicate that clearly and effectively so that the company, the organization has the context of reality. It's, it's like, I, you can't do the, there's a comment. You, you can't, I don't think it's a good idea to say, I raised the red flags and you didn't listen. Right. In fact, that's not tenable. Right. We're, so I raised the red flags and I made you, and I figured out a way to get you to listen. Mm -hmm. Even if I had to lay in front of your car, like, like everyone, even if you have to lay down in the back of, of the exec's car under the wheels 
to get their attention. Why? And Bob, why are you laying there? I'm going to kill you when I roll out. I'd rather be dead because the project is gone. <laughs> the project is gone. Now you, now you have their whatever way it, whatever you have to do to communicate it and to get their attention. So the, and it's not overreact. So they're equivalent to where you need to get them equivalent to where you are, right? This is where this is the level of problem. Where it, what, what's that? Uh, what's the nuclear? Where it like DEFCON? DEFCON, you, yeah. You, you have to be you. You have to communicate so you both are at the same DEFCON level, right? That's actually a good way of saying it. I'm at DEFCON three, and and I, and the exec is at DEFCON one. Right, right. I need to figure out how to get them to three, not to get them to five, right? But but to three. You know, I'm glad you explained that about the back of the car because the way I envision it was you were in the back seat and you're like, I know pop no, up no, with no, a scary no, mask. Laying on the, I'm laying on the ground and they can't leave until, <laughs> until they hear that have that double bump <laughs> as they run over me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, something that is a, is a challenge is just like having these conversations. And that's something that unfortunately not many people get training on. You know, there's not a class. I mean, maybe there's classes in college now or something that help you have effective conversations where the impact is high. And Bob has recommended books to me. He's a radical candor guy. I'm a crucial conversations. Whatever book that you'd like, don't go it alone. Don't go and figure out how to have these difficult conversations in high stakes environments on your own. That's what I did. So there were a lot of feet inserted directly in the mouth as I tried to do what I think was right, but it was ineffective. So find help, get a mentor, talk to somebody, read a book, do whatever it is. There's plenty of opportunities to learn and figure that out. Um, because it's, it's not easy, it's hard. And you might be nervous walking into that meeting. Who knows what's gonna happen, right? You're, you might be worried yeah. about your job as you start to say some of these things. But if you're able to more effectively communicate it, then everything will like calm down. There'll still be emotional reactions and things like that, but just like let that happen and then get back to the facts. Yep. One technique I like to do, not everyone's comfortable with it, uh, and I do this when I'm doing perform. I, I, it's not just for uh, truth telling, but it's for like reviews, giving performance feedback, and things like that. Is I pro I over exaggerate. So if the message is DefCon, I like this DefCon. I'm going to stay here for a while. So if the if my message is DefCon three, um, or if I want my message to be DefCon three, in order to get folks to listen to it and really be more intent about it, I'll I'll go to DefCon four. So I'll exaggerate it to the beginning and then I'll work my, and then based on discussion, I'll work my way back to DEF CON 3. What I like about that is, is I, I get, I make sure I confirm in that discussion that we're at the same level. Uh, and I would rather do, I would rather walk it back than walk away and not be at the same level or try to walk it up, if you will, and make sure we're, we're communicating. So it gets their attention. It, 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 it really, I want to, I want to use language that's maybe stronger than the situation requires. So I, I almost mentally think I'm shaking you to get your attention. Mm -hmm. Here we are. 
now that's I can walk back. You you know, do I have your eye contact, etc. That's not that strategy is not for everyone, uh, but it's it's been effective for me. I think I think one thing you have to be artful when walking it back, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't you can't just let people hang to dry at a level that's beyond where it really is. Yeah, one of the things I want to dig into is the emotional side that you're going to go through. You've been hired, you're being compensated well to do a job, to deliver things, to deliver them on time, on budget, whatever, whatever label you want to put on it. Part of this will feel like I've failed and people struggle with that. People struggle with walking into a situation like we're talking about and saying, I failed. But I don't think you can have that mentality. I know I've struggled with that in the past. Um, The world of Agile has helped me understand all of the variables that come into it. One of the things that I work very hard at is providing transparency on all of the things that we're doing so that when disruptions come in from the outside, we can have a real conversation about the choices that are being made. And by choosing to do this, what are we choosing not to do? And that's very hard to do if you don't have transparency on what you're working on, step one, and step two, what you plan to work on in the not too distant future. Without that, decisions get made without understanding the collateral damage that is created. So make sure that you're at a point where you have that because stuff's going to change. And that's what Agile is meant to support. It still doesn't make discussions like this easier, but often discussions like this get easier when you have more info. One thing that we haven't talked about, I wrote wrote it down earlier. We haven't directly talked about it, um, is I I think a starter for these conversations is empathy so so part of what i've been emphasizing is what be loud right over over exaggerate you know be a truth teller step in all of that they're not listening etc so that was more so you know a license to be aggressive on the communicator side of things um i i I think before you get into all of that and if you have a message like that you want to you want to get into the like get into their shoes. What mm-hmm. promises? What promises have been made from a business point of view? What What does this mean politically to them? What does this mean from a business perspective? It doesn't. I'm not giving you. A, we're not going to use these as excuses, but you're going to meet people where they are. So before we drop truth bombs or have truth telling conversations, look not from my perspective, like if I'm a development leader or whatever, but look at it from whoever I'm talking to's perspective and really get your head deep into what does it mean to them? Oh, this is going to be a, this is going to be awful for them. Right. So then, and then before you start truth bombing, acknowledge that, right? Acknowledge. So share the empathy that you're having, share that you're with them in some way. I'm connected. I understand this is part of it. You're not apologizing for the truth bomb but you're preparing them for the truth. Yeah. I understand that this is going to, that you've made 22 promises, there's $8 billion on the line, uh, 
and, 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 and I understand what this means to you personally. Forget all of that. This personally means a lot to you. You've invested so much of your time into this. It's like normalize it. Meet them where they are before you do it. So that's that empathy card. Uh, that says that you build a relationship with them before, and maybe this even got, before this happened, you've done some relationship building so you can do this and then have an effective conversation. Give, give me some feedback on that approach, Josh. What do you think? Well, that, it, it's like you segued for me and you didn't even know it. One of the emotional things that I see a lot of folks doing, and I do this myself, is you feel... Yeah, Yes, you feel bad. Yes, you feel like you're letting people down. Yes. The time for that emotion is not now. Because what emotion is needed now is, hey, we have the facts. We know this is or isn't going to happen. So now we need to start problem solving. I'm already a couple steps ahead. Here's where we're at. So I have been the, um, I hate to be Debbie Downer person there's another person i'm working with that says that a bunch and we ended up talking like why don't we call it reality ronda like that's who we are in that moment this is this is the you know this is the reality that is there is no makeup on it there is no mask there is no anything this this is the reality and it's my responsibility for us to talk about it and yes, I'm upset that we got here. Yes, I understand the effect that this is going to have on you personally, on the company. But we need to, as quickly as possible, because this is a this is an important thing. We need to start solving this problem, and couching it like that is something that not enough people do because they do feel that personal weight of like I've failed or I am letting you down if I'm telling you this. And while you might be letting them down that doesn't help the situation why because as a leader when i look at this and i say well like okay bob so what are we going to do you know because that's what a leader should quickly tur turn to is okay i hear you i gotcha what are we going to do and if you're presenting this like debbie downer mode then how confident am I that like, you're going to be able to handle this? Now there's times where you might not be able to handle it and somebody needs to swing in and help. And that's that exec's job, but do your best to walk in with like, this is, this is what it is. Yeah, it sucks. This is how I think we get there. I could use your help support in blah, blah, blah. I, I think I agree. So I, I do, Josh, you've picked on me before yeah. like i i don't mean so i have phrases that i've just been wired on like i don't mean to pick on you josh but and right you pick on me and then i pick on you <laughs> <laughs> right so there and and i don't mean to be a debbie downer but so there are there are triggering phrases that are probably not well used today that said find i think i think there is a need for more artful entry phrases to, to to share the empathy. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's what Debbie, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer because I, or maybe I know that I'm bringing you some really challenging information. Right. Right. And, and I'll, I'm going to pause at times for you to vent or whatever uh, and get that. So acknowledging the level of the, the playing field and the empathy, I think is what those people might be trying to do. So, well, so maybe go ahead. It, it's it's also my personality, right? I 
I am less effective when emotions are in play. So I have to, for, for me to be most effective in situations like that, I have to divorce myself from the emotions that are happening. And I apparently try and get people there maybe more quickly than they would like, maybe more quickly than I should, but that's how my brain works. And I know it's much harder for me to be effective as a leader, a problem solver, whatever it might be when those emotions are flying. So I, so I try and bring as much like facts to, to yep. the table and just say like, this is it. I get, I, I get that it sucks and I agree, but this is where we are. And I probably don't do a good enough job of couching things for people in those situations, but that's, that's a, that's a challenge See, Josh has. See, I'm, I'm going to role play a little bit to that, right? If you brought to, if you worked for me, Josh, and you, mm -hmm. and you brought the facts, um, I would appreciate the facts, but I need some emotion. Mm -hmm. So if you're filtering the emotion, let's say there's a, the shit hitting the fan moment and you're just giving me the facts, my head would probably explode. I'm like, it'd be, I mean, I might smile. I might discuss yeah. the facts, with me, but I'm like, Josh is disengaged. He doesn't really care. You know, he almost sounds like a robot or he, he almost sounds like an AI machine that's yeah, giving yeah. Me, me data. And, and what I'm trying to do is not, Metacaster is not pick on Josh, but you need to understand the receiver. Part of the empathy is understand, I as a leader need both sides. I need data and I need emotion to understand. If you want to connect with me, if you want to truly communicate with me, I need to see both sides of that equation. Uh, and then in Josh's case, if he's a data guy, or that's just how he's handling this situation, again, he may need to know, he he needs to start sort of changing because what he's going to find is Bob's not reacting, right? It's DEF CON 2. So it's DEF CON 4 and Bob's reacting at DEF CON 2. Right. I, I didn't communicate. What do I need to do to communicate? And in this case, it would be the emotional side. I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for tears, but I'm like, I'm looking for that pound the table. Damn it, Bob. I'm, we've tried, we're in the middle of trying three things, but my gut is telling me that it's not going to work out. And I'm getting really, I'm getting really sort of, you know, whatever about it. That, that level of data plus that <laughs> would really connect with me personally. Does that make sense, Josh? It's the targeting that it's the it targeting is. point that I'm trying to make, right? Understanding I, the receiver. Yeah, it's just me trying to put myself in a position where I could effectively do that. And but, that would take some work for Josh. Like that would be that's one of those things that would be really difficult for me to do. And so yeah, it, it's it's a uh, that's why I went quiet and stared and stared off into space, but What's interesting, and you know, this is only a single side of the coin, and maybe I leaned into the single side of the coin more, more than I should, is that I've received a lot of good feedback from members of my teams or teams that are working with me in my ability to bring calmness to the situation and just get it to a problem solving issue we have and being able to move forward with it because those engineers of whatever flavor, those managers, they're feeling the panic. So seeing me in a 
more calm state has helped them kind of calm down. So it's a it's a two way street of how do I how do I effectively manage that? And that's a you know, I think that's one of those things where I where I certainly need need to work. Well, I mean, going back to that, though, it's not this is a I think this is a good part of the discussion is this targeting is audience awareness. It's not being stuck in one way. So I want you to be calm when you're talking to the team, right? We have a shit hitting the fan moment as a leader. So I'm the CEO, you're the CTO, you're talking to your team. Team level discussions, please bring your calmness to that. Please bring your data to that, right? That would that would be helpful. All I'm getting at is if I'm your CEO, I need both channels open. Uh, and and it, there may be a degree, it may not be 50-50. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sort of a 50-50 guy. I need about 50% data and I need 50% sort of emotional stuff, right? Yeah. Or or feeling stuff. I need to feel like you're with me. I need to I need to feel like you're it would piss me off. I'll be clear, Josh. It would piss me off if I'm getting emotional and you're sitting over there feeding me data calmly smoking a cigarette. I I would hit the wall. Well, then you would hit the wall, right? Because like like here here's how here's how my brain works in this, uh, and why it would be a real challenge for me in that moment is those emotions to me to robot Josh are wasted energy that we could be using to solve the problem. Now, I, it, again, that's because that's how I'm wired. And I know that everybody's not wired like I am and that it needs to happen. We know Roberto Galini III likes to, likes to be dialed, likes to do his thing. Well, here's what I'm saying. It's, it's, I saw a comment. Some, I'm not talking about panic. What, what I'm saying is, is you, it's like emotional connection is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for panic. I'm not looking for screaming. Uh, here's what I'm checking. Does Josh care? I would I would be feeling like if you didn't give me any any of the emotional side of things, I'd be like, does he really, uh, you know, I care and I'm getting passionate about it. I care about our customers. Where's Josh caring? Oh, he showed me, he showed me a pie chart that talked about defect density in the application. And he showed me a burn down chart about default repair rates that are going to exceed like three months past the date. Fantastic. That helps. Me. He really cares. And that's, a, that's, a, it's that emotional connection. Now the relationship, you, you could remove all of this discussion, Josh, if when we're, when we get together at the beginning, you could say, you know what, this is my style. Yeah. And so we, we could have pre-negotiated this stuff, but it's yeah. like, it's sort of, I think the part here is knowing your audience, connecting to your audience, targeting and not having one size. Yeah. I think it was powerful. You, 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 there should be a different style of telling truth to your teams versus your peers versus your leaders, I, I think, or some subtlety to that. You're likely right. My, my again, thinking through bulldog, robot, Josh, whatever label you want to put on it, right? Like that's the thinking through how I how I do that. It's a lot like, uh, and and Stu will understand this very well. It's a lot like that um, a team lead that always has all of the right answers and always gives the right answers first. 
because that's the fastest way for us to reach our end goal. And then there's times where I've asked leads like, hey, you you can't have the answers in this meeting because we need to level up the rest of the team to be able to figure these things out without counting on you. So we're going to slow things down a little bit to enable us to grow as a larger team. And so that's that's probably where I could inspect how I operate. Am I always in that mode where, I, where I'm trying to get to the answer as fast as possible? Yes, that's usually how I operate. Are there times when doing that causes longer term pain? That's what, that's what I have to spend some time inspecting with how I roll. I was going to bring up another tactic for the Metacasters. We're, it's, we're projecting, we're talking about talking. Yeah. I'm actually going to turn around and say, forget that. Talk, think about the listening part. So part of the communication is, is your active listening. So one thing you can do, remember we were talking about DEFCON misalignment. Gosh, I'm, I'm really loving this DEFCON thing. This, 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 we're, we're unaligned. Well, you can ask, right? You can have a conversation or you can communicate and say, can you play that back to me? What DEFCON level do you think we're at? So you don't have to do all this detection stuff. You can just activate your powerful listening, looking at their body language. If I if I assume if I assume a fetal position, you probably communicated effectively. <laughs> and if I'm not, I don't think that's effective. No, <laughs> yeah, the CEO just drops to the floor yeah. in a fetal. Ah, we are in the same level here. <laughs> that now we construct, but no. Active listening skills, uh, paraphrasing, playing things back, uh, asking questions for engagement. You said that earlier, like how can you help? And not giving them, I would actually say, don't always bring the answer. Like I need your help, like don't bring a checklist. You can have it in your back pocket. But but the first question would be, do you see areas where you could help us? Are there specific ideas you could, is there something I'm missing? Because now what you're doing, it's, I mean, there's a fine line between opening the door to micromanagement, but but there's there's also like engagement, right? Partnership and things like that. You're opening the door. Like it's not, it's we're not reporting, we're, we're solving the problem together. If you can flip it to that co, co-ownership sort of posture, that's, that can be very effective. I feel like, Josh, I took you off your thing, your... It feels like I'm coaching you and you're analyzing yourself. <laughs> I now. know it's so hard for me to turn that part of my brain off, but like, <laughs> because as you're talking about these things, then I, then I put myself in the scenario in my brain and like, how would I tackle that? So it, it, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Interesting thing. But that's, it, it, it's, um, I think something that you can do. So let's say you listen to this and like, yes, my executives are challenging to get the truth to hit the pause button and evaluate yourself. Do you find members of your team bringing in the truth? Have you created the culture where that's a thing, where that's the norm or that's rewarded? Uh. And if you haven't done that, then how in the world can you expect uh, folks that are upstream to operate the same way? And, you know, it, it's hard being that person. It's hard being a leader because the reality is that when you're the leader, it's a never ending line of problems. 
you know, it's, it's relatively rare that someone kind of hits the pause button and runs up to the executives and says like, hey, uh, that thing we never thought we were going to do, we did it. Uh, it. It's every day is like, okay, we have this problem. We have this problem. We have this problem. How do we organize as a company to make this happen? Because that's where the buck stops. So when the buck stops, that's where all the problems go. And that, that's a, that's a, that's a challenging position to be in. I, I'm going to disagree with you, not disagree with you. I don't think it's just a leadership thing. So I think this truth telling is, is across the team, yeah. Yeah. right? So, t so developer to developer, developer to tester, tester, tester to architect, developer to architect, UX, product owner to team, team to product owner. So, and, and I'm adjusting the entire Metacast. It's almost like our scenarios have been, and, and it's the same tactics, right? It's the same, you know, think about emotional side, think about data, uh, have the courage, have the conversation, crucial conversations, all of that applies, but it's not just up in the cloud. It's at the team level, I think. Like, like if there's a problem, if a developer is working on something, a story, and they think it's the wrong story, when do they bring that up? Right. right away, right away. Uh, and have that and have that conversation with the product owner. If if I'm pairing with someone and they're doing a crappy job of unit testing, if that's important, then have that conversation. Which, so I I don't think I, I think this applies yeah. everywhere, right? Yeah. One of the annoying, not annoying to me, but I'm sure it's annoying to people that work with me is that when someone had they say I have a one-on-one -on -one with somebody and they're like, Hey, Bob's really hard to work with. Like he, his code reviews are terrible. I don't, I don't like, can you coach him? Like what's going on? And my first reaction is always, I can, but does he know this? Have you talked to him? Have you explained the situation? And that sets people like, no, 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 no. Like that's your job. <laughs> it's like, uh, ultimately, yes, but in an ideal world, we build a team where we can have those discussions in a safe manner. So let me coach you up a little bit. Here's how you can tackle this. Here's a book. Here's a thing. You don't have to go do it right now. Not, I mean, not going and talking to that person, but you should prep. You should be ready for yep. the discussion and you need to be able to have that because I'm guessing you would be happy if a peer said, Hey, uh, Steve. It's not like, what's going on here? Like, why, why is your code quality lower than it always has been? Is everything okay? What's happening? What can I do to help? All of those things, as opposed to it just like going on and on forever. And then you finding out a year later, hey, right. this person hates working with me because I haven't done X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, shit, if you told me that, I fixed it. Exactly. So that truth telling, speaking truth, it's not the power. It It's more... It maybe is arguably more challenging upward, but it's, I actually find peer to peer, having these conversations peer to peer is really hard for me. Mm -hmm. Like leader to leader peer, my, my, my leadership peers is, is really hard. So I, I would say it's the same level, the same rules apply the yeah. same, the same, the same amount of prep, the same amount of effort, you know, energy. You know, as you were challenge. talking, I want to, and maybe this is a way to come close to ending this episode. I don't, this is going to be an absurd comment, but I'm going to do it anyway, Josh. Do you remember Romper Room and I, Miss Sally? We've brought this up before. Have we? And, and no, it, I, have I brought it up before? Yes, because <laughs> look at you rolling I your am, eyes at me. No, it's not. It's not that I am pained 
because at the end she would do her thing of i see bob i see <laughs> Stu, i see steven never Josh. Never in all the episodes I watched did she say, I see Josh. <laughs> and I sat there just <laughs> waiting, just begging for her to say my name. And it never <laughs> happened. So that hurts, Bob. That I'm hurts. sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh. But I, I was, but my picture was when someone came, you know, can you coach them? No, but I have an idea as to who can. Everyone everyone who's listening, please say that you see Josh. Come on. I see Josh. Thank you, everyone. It still hurts. It's still that's a that's a that's a, that's a wound. wound. That is yeah. a deep wound from yeah. childhood. Uh are are we what you're always the good rapper upper. Uh yeah. are we close to what what do you think? I think Are we can wrap this up? It's Bob made a really good point. Bob made a really good pivot at the end. Is that everything we talked about with managing bad news upwards or managing real news upwards, however you want to label it, is difficult. We gave you some some tools, but it is equally difficult and equally important for you to do the same thing with your peers or members of your team. You have to create that culture. Otherwise, there's going to be hidden truth bombs just lurking everywhere. Yeah. And I hope there's not a chain reaction. So start now. We gave you some thoughts on books and things like that. It's not easy. You don't really get trained for this stuff. So get help before you launch into that. But I mean, wrapping up with that comment you made, I think I wrote, truth doesn't age well. Right. It doesn't age at all. Yeah. So you think of it as runway another it's the same concept i think of it is like when we wait till the last minute to expose the truth we have no runway mm -hmm. to do anything mm -hmm. the earlier we know anything the more runway we have the more options we have uh it, it in, independent of everything so holding on to it does no good right and you have a, it's a responsibility it's sort of a, a fundamental responsibility at a team level at a leader level etc all right metacasters Go forth and be truthful. Ooh, look at you. <laughs> I'm on a roll, baby. You um, shame, but, but slow no, no, roll, buddy. I'm, 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 but I'm getting it ready. I'm warming it up. Oh, it's, okay. the, it's the arthritis in my shake and bake arm. So <laughs> from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. And from beautiful downtown Fuquay, Marina, North Carolina. I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. <laughs> bake. Take care, y'all.